Blog Talk Radio. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. What's wrong with him? My first thought would be a lot. Time for the Kennedy Show. Whatever he is, he destroys. Daniel Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, TKRS proudly brings to you the greatest wrestling talk show in the world. The K Dog, Ken Reedy, the Wild Man, Dave Rosenbluth. This is the Ken Reedy Show. And if you're not down with that, we only got two words for you. We are back from Miami, fresh off vacation. Glad to be back. 347-838-9815 is the number to call, bringing you the best Wall-to-wall coverage of the world of professional wrestling, and you know what? This week's show, we're we're just hot. We're we're it's coursing through our veins. We're just we're feeling good. We're we're ready. We are right now. As much as we are jazzed about WrestleMania 28, we are on the the road to WrestleMania 29. We're so pumped. We're inspired out there in Miami, feeling good and psyched to come to you and talk about. The wonderful, the fabulous, the stupendous, the energetic world of professional wrestling. Dave, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling awesome. It's great to be back. It's great to be back home. Um, as much as I didn't want to say that Monday when I was, uh, or Tuesday when I was boarding a plane, um, I'm, I'm still, I, I still got the WrestleMania the buzz in the air, in my, in my, in my being. And uh, it's just an awesome feeling. Can't describe it. First off, I think I got, you know, um, just to put it out there one more time, and if you didn't get a chance to listen, man, what a show we had in Miami on location for WrestleMania 28. We had the one, the only Hurricane Shane Helms was on the show, and man, did he give us a lot. So again, got to send out a thank you to Shane Helms, and if you did not get a chance to listen to that show, Boy, wow, go on go on to blogtalkradio.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Find the archive shows. We're in the process right now of getting that show up on the KenReedyShow.com. And go and give that a listen because, uh, I mean, Dave, comment on it, but he gave us a good 40, 45 minutes, and it was pretty close to a shoot interview. He had some very pointed opinions about some very, very famous, popular wrestlers. Yeah, um, it was, you know, he's, I've known him for six years, like I said, you know, this isn't, you know, just me being a fan, but, you know, a lot of some listeners might, you know, they, oh, yeah, he doesn't know who he is, but um, I've known him for six years, and he's as honest as the day is long, and uh, it's funny, too, because when I walked him, you know, down to the, down to the, uh, the, the lobby of the hotel, um, I said I said to him something along the lines of like, oh wow, you really you know you put it out there, and he and he he said he goes you know you got he, he said to me he goes I didn't want to bring it up 
He goes, because then I get all fired up because I hate that motherfucker. And this, that, and the other. I didn't, I, I mean, we didn't really bring it up. He just, he, I mean, he knew who, he knew we, we knew who he was talking about. Um, but yeah, it was great. I was, I think, once again, Jane, thank you very much for taking the time and the, uh, the, the, the three mile drive <laughs> from your, from your hotel to, uh, where we were on location. Um, it's greatly appreciated and, uh, you know, hopefully you can come back again soon. Yeah, it was great, and we really appreciate Shane being on. It was it was a bit hectic, you know, just to, to give the listeners an idea of what this show is all about. I mean, I have a little studio that I set up in, in my house here where I, where I do the show from. Um, but you know what? We don't have any rookies. We don't have any, you know, an engineer on staff. We don't, So it's me taking all the equipment, throwing it into a bag, and then trying to get it all set up, and if things don't work right, trying to fix it, and things weren't working 100% right, and then there was supposedly a three-mile drive from Shane's hotel to ours, which turned into, and thank you to Justin Rosenbluth, who was our driver for the show, um, but the drive seemed to take forever. Uh, we thought we were going to get Shane for the very beginning of the show, but he was stuck in Miami traffic, and as we found out being in Miami, Everything takes longer than you think it would. That city runs at its own pace. It's a slow one. So uh, I was stressing getting the equipment running and getting Shane over. But in the end, it was a kick-ass show, and Shane was really awesome. gave him gave us uh, quite a uh, a mouthful of, of info and opinion on on the industry. Uh, you know, gave us opinion on WrestleMania as well as one HBK Shawn Michaels. So if you want to. Check that out. Uh, go check out blogtalkradio.com slash the Ken Reedy show. Uh, and let us know what you think about that show and what, uh, you know, Shane Helms had to say. But, you know, I got, I'm got i going to put it out there first off. Before we start talking about everything with the weekend, um, I, and I think it's important that we, we, we state this right off the bat. You cannot expect people, us, to judge WrestleMania the same way we would judge WrestleMania if we were watching it at home. And I'm just going to put that out there right away because the pomp and circumstance and what the WWE does for WrestleMania weekend and being in an in a open-air stadium with a hot crowd and just on vacation, it's just you're, you're just immediately in a great mood. You're amped up. And, you know, to WrestleMania delivered, and we're going to get into specifics, but... You know, I'm sure there are people out there that may have been a bit critical about WrestleMania, about some of the things. And I want to hear your opinions because I, I haven't had a chance to watch it back yet. Um, but I'd love for you to call in, let me know what you thought of it on TV. But it's a completely different show live than, than on TV. You look at it differently on TV. You're seeing multiple angles. When you're in the arena, you're seeing one. Um, you know, at home. Fireworks and pyrotechnics don't have that effect on you. In the stadium, it ends up. Um, we're part of the whole weekend. Uh, at home, you're not. So it's um, it's a different vibe. So we're going to be judging it and talking about it based on how our experiences were uh, live at, at the arena as opposed to on TV. But by all means, we'd like to hear 347-838-9815. Uh, let us know what you, what you thought of things. And you know what? We're going to do something. We usually go for a while and talk, but I'm going to jump right on the phones right now because we got a couple of callers calling in. 
So I'd like to welcome Sean to the show. Sean, are you there? Hey, how are we doing? Good. How are you doing? Yeah, I actually got this number from the trip down to Miami with you guys. I think we were doing the bus tour down there. You nice, you're on the bus. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, it was. It was an awesome time. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, we Actually, it was funny. On the way to the – we made the bus ride to the stadium an event. Other buses – and did. I've heard for a fact that other buses, they were taking naps. But we were chanting, we were yelling, we were doing wrestling impressions. Uh, it was a good time. So, Sean, what did you think of the show? Oh, it was an epic show. It's actually my second WrestleMania. It definitely surpassed last year's WrestleMania. I loved everything about it. I think the fans' participation was something that I've never experienced before. Fantastic show. And where where are you from? I'm from England, UK, United Kingdom. So it's, I'm up late tonight listening to you guys. Nice. So you uh, you traveled all the way from England for how long have you been a fan of, the, of wrestling? Well, 22 years now. It's coming up to. So yeah, a long, long time. <laughs> So what's your favorite moment uh, of WrestleMania? I think the moment when Triple H actually got me when I, you know, I was, I was always been one of these guys that never thought the streak would end, but you know, last Sunday he, he managed to fool me into believing for a second that it was going to end. Definitely that moment, oh yeah, moment within that match. Sean, I think you bring up a good point because I, to me, in the arena, um, and I. Even with Shawn Michaels, there really weren't moments where I was like, ooh, maybe the streak will end. I always kind of thought, you know, the streak is safe. They're never going to let this streak end. But the, the super kick into the pedigree, for a split second yeah. there, I was like, holy shit, they're actually going to end the streak. That was it. I mean, you just you don't really think what what the time's like when you're watching it. You don't really feel how, how long the match has gone on. You just lose yourself within the match. And the next night on Raw as well, for me, was... An epic moment, too. I mean, everything. That crowd was hot. It's the, definitely the best wrestling crowd I've been a part of. You the Raw? Yeah, yeah, I did. I went to Raw, too. Everything was epic. <laughs> I just couldn't get over how, how good it was. I mean, I'm going to Raw in two weeks. I don't think that can ever surpass what happened in Miami. So are you sold? Are you, are you buying a ticket for 29 Oh, yeah, I'll be going to the next uh, well, two, at least. Um don't know about 31 yet, but I kind of have to do the uh, milestone, I think, and next year, definitely. Nice. All right, we're gonna next year. You know, we, it's a year away. We're gonna we're gonna plan something. There's gonna be either a Ken Reedy show tailgate or or something going on. So so stay on board. Uh, keep you know go check us out on Facebook. Um, you know we'd love to hear from you again, but stay in touch because we want you to be part of uh, everything we wind up doing next year. Oh yeah, absolutely. I just want to ask you guys one thing. Where's the picture? You you, you guys took a picture. I've been looking on your Facebook. I cannot find it. At all. I was going to tag myself. <laughs> can't find it. It is on the Ken Reedy Show. Your Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Um, you know what? I'll I'll repost it again so it's at the top of the page. But uh, I don't know if you went to Ken Reedy Show, but go on there, like it, and uh, then you could see the picture. But I'll awesome, repost yeah. it just to show, okay? All right, guys. Keep doing good work. Thank you. Take it easy, man. Thanks a lot, Sean. Peace. Wow. From the U.K., the Ken Reedy Show, man. We're taking over. We got caller from First UK. I international got caller. That's badass right there. That's badass. Best bus ever. You know what? I got to say something right now. With Sean calling in and, and with the rock, and when he'd show his arm to the camera, I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps right now. <laughs> A call from the UK. That is so freaking cool. So, yeah, I just Sean. Jumped out, I just jumped out of my seat. <laughs> 
I, I mean, I, I, Orion. I think how many times did Sean actually say epic? I mean, he, he must have said it at least three or four times. I mean, that's that's kind of what what the feel was like. And even and I wasn't at Raw. Um, I was I was watching uh, in a hotel room in Florida. Um, and, and I gotta say, like honestly, out of WrestleManias that I've watched, I mean, I started finding myself comparing that Raw crowd even uh, to WrestleMania crowds. Uh, the crowd at WrestleMania 18. Um, you know, the, the Hogan, Rock crowd uh, was hot. I mean, I found myself for a Raw that I was actually thinking of these bigger events on, or last year's Money in the Bank uh, in Chicago at CM Punk. Um, that's how hot the Raw crowd was on, on Monday night. Pretty impressive. Your thoughts? Yeah, I um, I was actually at Raw myself, and uh, the buzz for WrestleMania was still in the air, and you knew something big was going to happen, and there were rumors of, you know, I mentioned on last week's show, rumors of Brock Lesnar being in town, and rumors of Batista being in town, and uh, Brock Lesnar obviously did not make an appearance on WrestleMania 28, uh, the pay-per-view broadcast, but um, he did make his triumphant return at the end of Raw, and the... Uh, just the whole crowd overall, the, the the entire evening of the show, more particularly the yes chants that have come out of this this past weekend with Daniel Bryan, um, they just took over the whole show. It, it's become the new what chant now. Um, and uh, when Cena came out and he cut his promo and he asked to shake hands with The Rock, the whole place is chanting yes, yes, yes. The whole place is chanting Lesnar. You're getting caught up. And, I mean, the, the, I, this whole weekend between WrestleMania and Raw and the Hall of Fame, that's probably the best wrestling crowd I've ever been a part of. And if you go back and you watch Raw and you, when, when Lesnar's music hits and the place erupts, it, I'm telling you, I felt the building shake. I've never been in there. I've been, last year I felt it when The Rock came out at WrestleMania 27, but I felt the building shake and it felt like an epic moment. Like, oh, my God, Brock Lesnar has returned after eight years of being in the company. It's, it was just, it was monumental. And watching it back on television, it translated really well. It was probably, like I said, that, that pop was probably the biggest pop I've heard since probably the, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view last year from Chicago. It was just unbelievable just being in that arena when he showed up. And just the whole night in general, it, it was it was phenomenal. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. And it, was, and it, it translated on TV. I mean, I, I was watching it like, holy cow, that crowd is hot. And it was hot at WrestleMania, and, and it carried over. And why don't we go into that uh, since you brought it up? Um, you know, and it's funny because I, I wish sometimes, you know, we could just, like, we need cameras and, and microphones following us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We had a conversation early on in WrestleMania week about Daniel Bryan and how he was, going to get a huge face pop at WrestleMania this year before any of it happened, before everyone was commenting and they couldn't believe how popular he was. We kind of saw it coming uh, by the, the climate that we saw in Miami everywhere. I mean, every bar we went into uh, at Fan Access, people were walking around with their hands in the air chanting yes. Yes, they were. It was um, it was quite it, it, yes. It was quite the sight, especially at the Kevin Nash party in South Beach at Ocean's Ten, um, the the restaurant slash club. Uh, 
we we were fortunate enough to be a part of that uh, that event. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page was there. Right, all the headbangers, badass Billy Gunn, X Pac, um, TNA's Robbie E and Rob Terry were there. Um, Sunny showed up pretty late, but uh, she was there nonetheless. Um, but yeah, I remember at one point, and we've talked about it, you know, over the over the course of that weekend, last weekend. But uh, everyone's saying yes, and I find it amusing. I find it funny. But after I've heard it over the course of three hours in the evening, especially being around several intoxicated wrestling fans, it got a little bit annoying. And I remember, I remember at one point we were we were, uh, we're, we're standing in the bar, and uh, there's a whole bunch of people just saying yes. And I started with the no, 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 and we all chimed in and did the exact same thing. And next thing you know. All of them turned around, and they just kind of looked at us, and the, the, at least that group's version of the chant ended pretty quickly once they saw who was uh, firing back at them. Yeah, it was funny. I mean, it, it did get annoying at times. I mean, we we got to admit, I mean, everywhere we were going, it was funny when we started chanting no uh, back to them. Because just to, just to put it in perspective, I mean, myself, um, I am – about six one, two hundred and ten pounds or so. And when you hang with Dave and and his brothers, I'm the smallest guy. So <laughs> the group of guys, we started yelling no, and they turned around like they were they wanted to get into it or something, and they turned and looked at us like, oh, okay, that's funny. Okay, good. But we heard yeah, that, yeah, that, that their uh, their hopes and dreams of uh, of a dueling chant ended really quickly. <laughs> in, in, in South Beach on Friday night. I mean, we heard it on the streets. We heard it uh, in bars. Uh, it was everywhere. And, um, you know, I got to admit, I, mean, I like Daniel Bryan, respect the guy. The guy's got some ability. But I was surprised at the level of popularity um, in the stadium. Now, I know that some people were critical of the match then at WrestleMania. Um, and some people actually said that you know, there was bewilderment. Some people were not happy uh, with the finish. But I say from, and tell me if I'm wrong, but Dave, from where we were sitting, the crowd around, like, the first, the, it's around the floor level, and, and where we were, like, the, the second tier seats, it popped. I mean, everyone popped when, when Sheamus won. Even people that were chanting yes, kind of, it looked like they were almost laughing to each other, like, oh, our, our boy just lost, but... Um, I don't think it was as big a disappointment as some may say. Your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone popped because of the, the, the element of the surprise and the fact that, you know, the match ended so quickly. But, I mean, I thought it was good. I, th- I mean, granted, the wrestling fan of me would like to have seen it at least be a meaningful match and go at least, you know, 10, 15 minutes or whatever to open up the card. But I thought it was pretty cool that they started it off that way. It hadn't been done before like that in WrestleMania history where a match ended so quickly, especially an opening match on the card. Um, but, I mean, it got everybody, like, buzzing about it. And it, and it, 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 it was, you know, that buzz continued because, uh, you know, Randy, the Randy Orton Kane match was next, and people were chanting Daniel Bryan. And I just, I ordered the replay of WrestleMania the other night and watched it back. And the crowd was still hot during that match. It translated well on television. You know, even the commentators, uh, Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole, mentioned that uh, people are still chanting Daniel Bryan, um, you know, throughout the Kane match, which I thought was, I, I, 
I understood that they were trying to acknowledge the fact that they didn't want to ignore the crowd, but we were also kind of taking away from the two performers that were in the ring. Um, it's funny that you mentioned about the yes chance earlier on in the, in the weekend. Um, I remember walking through the lobby of our hotel, and for all of our listeners out there, um, the hotel was filled with wrestling fans, but it was also filled with uh, a Mary Kay convention. So there was a lot of middle-aged women in uh, in Miami in our hotel. It was, you know, it was that once-in-a-lifetime showdown, WrestleMania meets Mary Kay. And uh, I remember seeing a couple of women sitting down in the lobby in, like, a little lounge area, and maybe about four or five guys, they all got Daniel Bryan T-shirts on. They walk right by them, they get really close, and just at the right moment, they start the yes chant. And one of them just popped, one of the girls popped out of her chair. She didn't know what to do with herself. She almost fell over, scared the shit out of her. But, um... Yeah, that, that whole chant that took over the whole weekend, and the show included. Um, it really, it, liked, it really did. I liked the finish of the match. I liked, I, I liked the finish of the match. I thought it was good, and it made sense because Daniel Bryan won the title within like ten seconds, beating Big Show, cashing in his money in the bank. So it's only apropos that he loses it like that to a guy like Sheamus. And and we got a rematch. I mean, we got a rematch. So we're we're gonna see these guys. Uh, have a match. I, I mean, I do think that Sheamus is going to keep the belt for a while. Um, you know, at least he's going to keep it through the rematch. Uh, you know, he's Triple H's workout buddy. And, you know, people like to speculate about, you know, who could be the new face company if Cena kind of takes a back seat. And I'm not sure if he can be, but I would not be surprised if the company grooms Sheamus to kind of take that role. I mean, he's he's pretty popular. He does the anti-thing stuff. Um, so I, I think he's going to keep the belt, but I think we're going to get a good rematch out of the two of them. Um, what I liked about it, and let me digress out of the world of professional wrestling and then come back to if everyone out there has seen the older version of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, not the new one with Johnny Depp, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but the old one with Gene Wilder. There is a scene in the beginning where Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka, walks out with a cane like he's borderline crippled. Uh, he can hardly walk, and then he falls forward, and the whole crowd out there gasps, and he turns it into a Ford roll, pops up, and greets the crowd, and everyone pops, if you will, for his his uh, entrance. What when Gene Wilder was on Inside the Actors Studio, he said that he added that to the script because from that moment on, you never really knew if Willy Wonka was telling the truth or not. He set the tone that you never knew whether you could completely trust him or not. What I liked about that match is at a WrestleMania event, in, in an era where wrestling can become quite predictable, and our guest blogger, Vladimir, first class Vladimir Joseph, who is an independent wrestler who we met down in Miami, uh, also brought up this point. Um, it set up the dynamic that you didn't know what was going to happen. Right away, you get into you, you barely sit down, you watch the dark match, WrestleMania begins, bam, new champion. It just kind of slaps you in the face right away. Now, as much as both those guys, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen the match, and I'm sure they could have put on a very entertaining match, but it smacked you in the face right away. Right away, it was like, holy shit, what's going to happen? And I think to a certain extent, they kind of continued that because I would bet most people thought Orton was going to go over on Kane. And Kane winning, yeah. I liked that. But I think they set up the dynamic really well early on 
hey, anything can happen tonight. You better be on the edge of your seat because anything happened tonight. And and I thought they did a really nice job with that. And I thought that the Daniel Bryan Sheamus uh, thing was really, really, really well done. And the way I look at it as the people who are chanting yes and the people who are passionate about Daniel Bryan, um, the promo he cut on SmackDown this week and the heat he's getting now, 18 seconds, that is the most pivotal 18 seconds of Daniel Bryan's career. And this could make him into a huge superstar. So short-term, maybe disappointing he didn't get a big match. Long-term, best thing that's ever happened to Daniel Bryan. Agreed, Dave? Yeah, I do agree. Um, it, it, I agree to the point that um, the uh, after Raw went off the air, there was a talk match, um, and I actually stayed for it. It was a uh, six-man tag. It was uh, Cody Rhodes, Kane, and Daniel Bryan facing Randy Orton, uh, Big Show, and Sheamus. And um, if you remember watching Raw back, Sheamus got heavily booed in the arena. Um, when he won the title, he got a mixed reaction um, at WrestleMania in Sunlight Stadium. But in the American Airlines arena, he was 100% booed. They even popped for Del Rio, not only because he returned, but he was opposing Sheamus in the segment. And... Um, Daniel Bryan, after the match, I mean, the whole match was basically Daniel Bryan. Every offensive move, move that a guy made, everyone was chanting yes, to the point where Big Show was standing on the apron, and he's doing the imitation of the yes chant, and he got a pop for it. Um, whenever Daniel Bryan tagged out to Cody or Kane, the crowd booed because the people wanted to see Daniel Bryan in the ring, um, and they wanted to go along with the yes chant. And then after the match, we left when the bell rang, but there's a video on YouTube where Daniel Bryan gets on the microphone, and he basically... Um, commends the people for uh, for uh, putting this you know this chant into into you know into the mainstream of the WWE universe. Um, I watched the promo on SmackDown. And I thought it was great, but from what I've been hearing, um, it seems like the WWE creative and uh, the production team are going to cut the legs out under this yes chant because uh, the live report from the spoilers said that uh, Daniel Bryan. Uh, you know, every the whole the whole crowd was chanting yes, even when he broke up with AJ. So they they kind of muffled in some booze there. I think they they don't realize um, how big this is right now, or they do realize how big this is right now. But they still want to keep him as a heel character and keep his heat. We'll see what happens on Monday on Raw when it's in Washington D.C. But uh, um, I mean, like you said before, uh, like you told me this weekend, it's the hardcore audience that was really into the, the Daniel Bryan chant. That's why he got such a a large pop because of it. Um, but yeah, those 18 seconds have really uh, changed the, uh, the the path that Daniel Bryan's going to go on from here forward uh, in the WWE. And, and that's a, you know it's it's a big point also to bring up you know coming out of WrestleMania weekend. I mean the one thing that you got to understand WrestleMania. Um, does garner a lot of I mean, polar from Europe. A lot of Europeans and soccer fans who, who like to chant. Um, so it, I think you bring up a good point. Let's see what the raw crowd is like in Washington, D.C., and if that yes chant is, is still as hot as, as it's been. Um, you know, it's tough. If, you had, if creative had him in line for, uh, to be a heel for a long time and the crowd's popping for him, um, it, it's a tough spot to be in creatively, but we'll see what happens. Well, let's go to the phones, and I think there's my Tony on the line. Tony, are you there? Yep. Hey, what's going on, guys? How are hey, you, Tony? Tom. Our guest 
guest blogger, and uh, I got to apologize, Tony, because I've been uh, so crazy this week. I haven't posted your your blogs on on my page, so I got to apologize. But Tony recaps all of the shows: Impact, Raw, SmackDown. So go and check him out, our, our guest blogger. Tony, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's uh, yeah, I was just listening to you guys about uh, WrestleMania and everything. I overall you know, enjoyed the show. I, you know, you were talking about Daniel Bryan. Um, you know, my my initial reaction to him losing the title last fast, I was just like, you know, when he when, when Sheamus broke kicked him, and I was just like, this is gonna be it. And then the three count happened. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people thought that. Yeah. Uh, then uh, the the um, the SmackDown promo that he cut was was. That was that was tremendous. I I really I really thought he hit home he hit a home run with that one. You know I um, I, I thought it was a, a a one promo and and to be honest like for like I'll be honest with you, like I can be a pretty critical wrestling fan initially like, you gotta prove yourself to me and and I can't say that I was a big Daniel Bryan fan. I, I mean I liked him I respect him I thought he was really gifted in ring. Um, I liked this heel turn, but my for me, I, I wasn't sold on on you know making or thinking of him as one of the greats or one of the best in the company. When he was a face, I kind of found him uninteresting, a little bit boring at times as far as his character. Um, well, he was, he was kind promo, of booked that way. Yeah, the promo he cut on Friday, I was totally into. I loved it. I loved the promo he cut on SmackDown. I, yeah, that, that was really good. I mean, so, you know, even I mean, even like if some of it might not have made sense when you feel like the fans were mocking him when they were chanting his name. You know, it might not really make sense, but the way he, you know, it's like the way the way the way his you know his delivery was like was like really good. It was just like you know, it's like it didn't really matter. If it, didn't, it didn't make sense because he because he did, did a hell of a job on that promo. Yeah, and, and the the innocent little AJ getting our heart broken. I mean, they're um, you know, it definitely worked all around. I mean, he just seemed like just just a dick. I mean, it was just a good. Heel promo. I mean, we'll see how the crowd reacts uh, going forward. Uh, but well, yeah, because like like you like you said, they were chanting Daniel Bryan on uh, during the Sheamus Del Rio segment on Raw, and um, you know, and they would you know, on SmackDown. And I think you said they might have they might have pumped in like, pumped in some like canned yeah you know, they might have canned in some uh, booze or whatever. But you know, because you know, uh, since it's a tape show, they were they pumped in the crowd, they sweet the crowd or whatever. But um. But overall, I thought you know that's I think you know, he's a really you know he's a really great worker. You know, it's like you know, I had heard a lot about him. You know, like I said, like I said you know, I, he was um, I heard a lot about him on the indie scene and everything. I knew he was a great wrestler and everything. And then when he came to WWE, I you know I was just like you know okay, so where the one of the book him I was like it was typical WWE not booking the guy right. And then this heel turn, I mean, you know, like, when they were going with that, I had heard you know I I had heard that he had been a heel before on the indie scene and he and he was really good at it. So I figured hey this could, you know this. This this could be good for him, and so you know so far so it looks like it's uh, it's, it's been doing it's been, this has like been the highlight of his career in WWE the last two years he's been there. Can I agree? Can I you know what? If well, go ahead. Can I cut uh, quick, just quick, yeah, quickly? If this Daniel Bryan yes shit translates well on television Monday, if the Washington D.C. crowd really reacts to it and it's similar to what was taking place this past week in Miami. I'm making a prediction right now. His character is going to be the complete opposite of what John Cena is. John Cena on television is portrayed as a good guy, as a stand-up, just overall, you know, good person, but the people hate him. 
Daniel Bryan on television is portrayed as a heel, and the people are currently in love with him over one simple word, and that's yes. I think that the WWE creative, Vince McMahon, whoever, I think that they feel like that the wrestling fans, especially during WrestleMania weekend, as passionate as they are, got one over on them and have dictated where his character should go, and they're going to do the complete opposite and say, all right, you can chant yes all you want, but he's still going to be a bad guy. Just like with John Cena. You can hate him all you want, but he's still going to be a good guy. I think we're going to see, at some point, I think those two characters will clash at one point, um, you know, in, in the future. I wouldn't be surprised before the end of the year if John Cena and Daniel Bryan are in a program. But that's my prediction as far as where Daniel Bryan's going to go. That's all depending on how well these chants go from here on out. Excellent points. And, and uh, before I let you go, Tony, just uh, what was your um, either match of the night or, or moment of the night uh, at WrestleMania? For WrestleMania, uh, CM Punk and Chris Jericho, I thought really had a good match, and um, uh, Triple H Undertaker was really good, you know. And I thought that, like, you know, just like what you guys were saying earlier, when Shawn Michaels gave him the super kick and then Triple H pedigreed him, I thought for a split second, I was like, holy crap, they're going to end it. <laughs> And it was like, you know, it was just, they did a really good job. And uh, uh, the, the part at the end was good, too, when, they were, when uh, Taker and Michaels were, you know, carrying Triple H to the back. That was like, you know, it was kind of like, I, you know, I, I thought that was a really good good moment. And, um, you know, of course, of course Rock Cena, too. I'm, I was glad to see Rock win. I, actually, I, I thought they were going to have Cena win, but, you know, hey, I, I like, you know, they, you know, they surprised me. You know, they had the Rock win, and they had him close out the show, you know, in his hometown, you know, in his hometown, as a winner. You know, I, I thought that was, you know, I thought that was good. That was good too. That match. Yeah, all, all like yeah, it's tough. It's funny. Like I ask you for the moment of the show, and you, you give me a couple. That's just that just goes to show you how great a show it, it really was. So, uh, Tony, thanks for the call. Everyone looking forward to Tony's blog. So I have a blog coming out uh, right after Monday Night Raw tomorrow night. So talk to you soon, Tony. Take care. All right, you too, guys. And we got another call. Call, are you there? Hello. Hello. How you doing? Good. What's up, Ken? What's up, Dave? It's Dank. Hey, Dank. How you doing? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? We are doing all right. Are Are you down yet off your WrestleMania high? Um, I think I'm about fifty percent there, <laughs> and I think by the time I'll be fully down, we'll be around when they release it on DVD, which will bring me right back to where I was last weekend. <laughs> so there you go. So just keep that high going. So your first WrestleMania, correct? Uh, yes, did it live yes. up to the hype? Um, yes, it it absolutely did, and um, I mean. I mean I don't think there was a single bad thing I could say about it other than just I think personally they may have put the Hell in a Cell a little too early in the show because the two matches in between the Hell in a Cell and the main event just seemed to um, drag on forever and ever. But, I mean, other than that, it's just, like, phenomenal. And even from where I was sitting, it was just... You know, like you, you, you feel the intensity, like the crowd, and that's like everything that goes on. And it's, you know, like people ask me, like, how was it? Well, you know, what, what can you describe about it? And I'm like, it, I, I just, it takes me like minutes to find words to even come close to describing it. 
Now, from from where you were sitting, just since we we're talking about Daniel Bryan and uh, Sheamus, uh, what was the reaction where you were sitting uh, when <laughs> Sheamus won in 18 seconds? Um, I think I was actually sitting in the um, biggest Daniel Bryan section <laughs> ever because I think it was just like me and maybe three other people that were sitting while everybody was standing chanting yes, yes, yes. And what made it even funnier out of the fact that he now holds the record for the shortest match at WrestleMania is the fact that as soon as he got pinned and Sheamus was holding the title, my entire section went quiet and there were three of us jumping up and down like little schoolboys chanting, yes, yes, yes. That's awesome. he 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 was he made it even funnier because he like he was just like everybody was in awe like okay how did this happen what's gonna like I think people were expecting like Lur Niders or somebody to come out and be like no you know like try to screw Sheamus but then they just kept on going and it took them a while for it to sink in that it was just that quick. And I have to say, I think other than Hell in a Cell, that had to be one of my favorite matches. <laughs> I, I personally can't stand Daniel Bryan. And just the fact that he just, he always runs his mouth. He always puts something to say. And on the biggest stage of his professional career, he he lasts 18 seconds. He doesn't even get to like, like the bell rings, and before he knows it, it's over. And that's like the, to me, that's like the ultimate F you that anybody could give somebody with an ego as big as Daniel Bryan. So wow. I have to say, in a Cell, that was my favorite match. Wow. Well, there you go. So you know what? Not everybody on, on the Daniel Bryan bandwagon, not everyone... Um, excited about Daniel Bryan and uh, Dank. Thanks you for the call. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Um, All right. Glad glad to hear from from Dank because uh, yeah, I mean the the beauty of pro wrestling is when you ask somebody who's the best of all time or you know who do you like, there's so many different ways to look at a performer. And you know what? You don't have just because you like or don't like someone doesn't make you a better or less of a fan. Um, and Dank, not a Daniel Bryan fan. Happy to see him uh, get punted in the face and, and lose in 18 seconds. Um, for him, because, I mean, there had to be a certain section of the crowd that was was on board with that. I mean, he was a heel, and to see a heel get embarrassed like that um, after, and you look at the whole story arc, um, like Tony, I think Tony brought up that, you know, Daniel Bryan uh, winning the title, uh, how he did against uh, Big Show, it does kind of bring his title run full circle. As arrogant as his character was uh, winning it and beating Big Show as he did, he winds up losing in the grand, on the grandest stage of them all at WrestleMania in 18 seconds. So all in all, when you look at his championship run, I, you know what? Good work by WWE Creative. Your thoughts? I, I totally agree. Um I 100% agree. It was, uh, it, it, Dank makes a good point, you know? You know, Hell in a Cell, I mean, how I look at it, 
Hey, everyone's going to remember Rock and Cena. Everyone's going to remember, you know, Taker and Triple H, Hell in a Cell. Some people are even going to remember Punk and Jericho. But in my opinion, all this week when I've been thinking about WrestleMania weekend, there's two things I've been thinking about. Or at least that pay-per-view itself. The Hell in a Cell match, and yes. And WrestleMania 28, in my opinion, was it a good show? It was a great show, yes. I mean, it, it's it, it. This chant has just taken a life of its. It's it, they they created a monster with this, and they don't know what to do with it. In my opinion, they don't. Um, it it's just, and and the and the, the arc with with him losing it that way was tremendous. It worked. I mean, we we, we sat together, Ken, and when the bell rang. You know, I remember my brother sat, my brother Justin sat down in the middle. He was broke, kicking went for the car. He said, "Get up! You're about to miss this." And he missed it. He had to catch it on the replay. Because everybody was just—I mean, it was—it was jaw-dropping that that happened so early on in the show. And like you said earlier, it created that buzz of you don't know what's going to happen throughout the rest of the show. You better sit and watch because if you blink, you're going to miss something. And. uh you know that that was that was a tremendous moment. That's going to go down in WrestleMania history as one of those big moments. You know that you'll see on the highlight reel. You're going to see the Sheamus broke kick or the or even the kiss, the the, the kiss that led to the broke kick from from AJ. It was just tremendous. It, I can't I can't put it into words how awesome that moment was and the electricity in that stadium, good or negative or positive, that took place during that. 18 seconds of a match. And and the thing is also, like, when you look at guys like Sheamus and Daniel Bryan, two guys that, honestly, you're probably going to see for a while. Uh, both guys uh, probably have a future in the WWE. Um, so this this could be a benchmark for, for both these guys going forward. Um, like you said, when, when people look uh, in the past, when people have those historical retrospectives, I mean, this is a moment uh, – especially depending on where each career goes, that's going to live for, for a long, long time. And, you know, it's one of those things also, and you wonder where the WWE is going to go with this, because, you know, I think because the match actually made Daniel Bryan probably more popular. If Daniel Bryan won, maybe the yes chants die down as the event goes on. You know, maybe they're not chanting Daniel Bryan because he's won, he retained, okay, whatever. But it was almost like the Daniel Bryan marks in the crowd were like, you know, I can't believe I only saw 18 seconds of Daniel Bryan. I'm going to continue to chant throughout this whole thing. So it should be interesting to see where WWE Creative goes with this because did they know what they're doing or was this a complete accident, uh, a case of the universe kind of taking over and – you know, now they're going to have to figure out where they're going to go with him. I mean, and this has happened before. Uh, you know, I remember way back when, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin was a heel and the, the crowd started getting behind him and, you know, creative had to follow suit. So, not that I'm comparing Daniel Bryan to Stone Cold Steve Austin, but, you know, this has happened before and I'm really curious to see how creative is going to move forward with the Daniel Bryan character because, it works for him being a dick. And I think you brought up a good point. Have we reached the point in professional wrestling where us traditionalists need to kind of kind of get with the times and maybe we've reached a point where there's no heels and there's no faces. Maybe we've reached a point where, hey, 
people are going to be who they are and they're going to do what they do as characters. And you know what? We'll let the crowd react how they're going to react. Um, and you said yeah. it Cena. They've let they've allowed the crowd to continue to to boo Cena, and um, you know who knows. I mean, a guy like Brock Lesnar, the crowd popped hard for him. I can't see a guy like him and his character being anything but a traditional heel. But who knows how the crowd's going to react to him? And you got a Dan Bryan who is definitively just an asshole. I mean, he is a heel, and the crowd's behind him. Have we reached the point where? Heel and face are antiquated terms in the world of professional wrestling, and we're just going to go with characters and let the crowd react how they want to act. I, I think I think that, that they are headed in that direction. I think they've been that, that they've been teasing that for quite a while, especially with John Cena. John Cena has kind of been the uh, the, uh, the the lab rat per se. To, uh, to test the waters in that area. I compare it to, to you brought up a soccer game and the you know, soccer chance, especially with the European fans. I compare it to, you know, the the, the, the Yankees Red Sox rivalry. Um, you know, the, the fans are gonna chant who they want who they want to chant for. And um it's gonna it's gonna be like going to I, I predict that, you know, WrestleMania or even just regular pay per views or television, you know, Raw and SmackDown, that those events people are gonna chant for who they want to chant for and it's gonna be like going to a sporting event, like a baseball game or a basketball. Game. You have your team, you know? And I mean, granted, you know, in the northeast, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of Yankee fans, but there's a lot of Yankee haters. You know, and a lot of people don't. You know, a lot of people don't like Alex Rodriguez. A lot of people don't like Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter comes off as a stand-up good guy, all-around hard worker. I look at Derek Jeter and, T- and Tim Tebow from the NFL as those their profession's version of what John Cena is. People hate on them because they're good, and people in wrestling hate on John Cena. Whether you think he's good or not, you still hate on him. You find a reason to hate on him. I, could, I can't believe how many people on message boards and, and dirt sheets were complaining about the fucking T-shirt he was wearing at WrestleMania, the green shirt. Granted, I can understand. It's a know, horrible shirt. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of it. I, I almost bought it, too, but I wasn't a fan of it either. But, um, it, it, you know, wrestling fans, they, like Shane said on last week's show, the Internet hates everything. And they find reasons to hate on stuff. Oh, John Cena had a shoelace tied. He's a terrible wrestler. Or fucking, you know, uh, uh, Seamus' elbow pad was off like 36 degrees. You know, they, people find everything to complain about. And they don't get caught up in the moment. Like Sean from England who said, you get caught up in the moment. We, we were all caught up in the moment. And I think that now with characters, it's going to turn into like going to a sporting event. You're going to have your team to cheer for. And, you know, nobody's got home field advantage. That's just my opinion. I don't think it's be a 50-50 split, but I just see it as like a sporting event. Because I'll be honest with you, like I've gotten, and again, like you're saying, club in the moment, I've been the type of, I mean, when you get old, like as a kid when I was watching wrestling, and, and back when, you're a kid, when I was a kid, I mean, the heels and faces were much more clearly defined. And, oh, you know, for the most part, the fans booed the heel, they cheered the face. I mean, that's how it operated. Um, and you're rooted for the face, and, and you booed the heel, and, and whatever. That's how it, it went. You know, as I've gotten older, you you start to watch wrestling as, as a, in a different way, almost like I'm, you know, you, you'll tell people, I'm just rooting for a good match, or, you know, I, I'm hoping that it's it's an entertaining event, or you, you kind of, you stop rooting for a person. And i got to be honest with you, like for me, as a wrestling fan, 
And I will preface this by saying I loved The Rock and respect that Rock and what he did for this business and the type of performer he was. However, as a wrestling fan, I felt like he turned his back on wrestling fans. Now, maybe that that's a uh, my own opinion. Maybe that was a symptom of of really good creative team, like really drumming that point home um, leading up to WrestleMania. But I found myself, honestly, for the first time in a long time, rooting for a performer more than just rooting for the event or watching a show. I was rooting hard for John Cena that night. And like you said, like people find, you know, reasons to hate on people. And, you know, but that's the beauty of pro wrestling. Someone may say that John Cena is a horrible performer, but you know what? Like I was getting texts that night from guys that I know guys who like go to the gym and when Cena picked up the rock from the floor, hoisted him up and threw him over his shoulder and gave him the A, we were all just like, Oh my God. You know, for some, like I lift weights. I, I enjoy lifting weights. I've competed in weightlifting competitions. I have friends who are gym rats. I was just in awe that he could do that. Now those are the things that when I watch John Cena, I can get into. That's I enjoy watching. I am in awe of this guy's strength. Someone else watches John Cena and sees him do a kind of a sloppy drop kick, and, you know, John Cena sucks. He can't wrestle. But for the first time, I was kind of caught up in the moment. I can't remember the last time I was so caught up in rooting for a side, for actually picking a side in a match, uh, than just watching the match and trying to be entertained, which was really Kind of cool. And we're going to go back to the phones right now. we got a jam-packed phone line, and come on, computer work. Caller, are you there? Hello? Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Finally, the rock has come back to WrestleMania. Big rock guy, are you? I am a big rock guy. But we'll get back to that in one second. I think you make an excellent point um, that there used to be defined heels and defined heroes, and I think that's exactly what's missing. It's not that we're changing as we're older, just grasping at straws trying to validate while we're still watching this thing. I mean, of course there should be heels that people you root for. That is the whole point of everything. We shouldn't be rooting for a good match. So you, so you got into? Did you get into WrestleMania this year? Uh, there's lots of WrestleMania that I enjoyed and lots of WrestleMania I didn't enjoy. Um, I know there was a lot said about Triple H and The Undertaker. Uh, why call it Hell in a Cell if the Cell's not involved in one iota in the match? I mean, I thought that was the biggest ball that they dropped in WrestleMania. However, I thought The Rock Cena lived up to the hype. Um, I thought it was an awesome match all around. Um, you know, sorry that the fans don't appreciate what John Cena does. I appreciate what John Cena does, but I was rooting for the Rock to hit rock bottom and lay it up to Smackdown on that drum roll me. <laughs> so is that, was that your favorite match of the night? Uh, it was my favorite match of the night. I, 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 can't, I cannot tell a lie. I was very, very thoroughly entertained. However, I was watching it with people that had not watched wrestling in at least 10 years, and they loved it. They, they, they enjoyed the whole WrestleMania experience. Um, I think I, they're on board maybe to watch the pay-per-views once a month. 
Um, so I thought that was a good sign for WrestleMania. Um, overall, except for the, you know, not that I want to see Sheamus more than 18 seconds, but other than that, you know, I, I didn't think they dropped the ball that much. I thought the Diva match, I don't know it all over the place, but even the Diva match uh, was, was so much better than anticipated. Well, and, and there you go. And I got to say thank you for the call. Um, interesting point by uh, that caller. Um, you know, notice how, notice how he didn't give a name, and his voice sounds like one of those voice descramblers that you see in the, you see in the movies <laughs> when, the, when the kidnappers got the the, the wife and the husband for ransom. Like, I, I think it was speakerphone. I thought he was going to call in a bomb threat or something. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's, he, he brought up some very valid points. Um, but I'll let you continue, Ken. I just had to bring I, that up. I think it's really interesting, and this is what. And I, I wish you know. I, I think a lot of fans need to start to to evolve as people, as human beings, and just start thinking. That is the beauty of professional wrestling because you can like it or not like it. Now everyone and I thought it was a great match, and it, the crowd was hot for Hell in Cell. But here we have someone who's watching it at home that thinks they dropped the ball on that on the cell match. So, I mean, I, and I'm not going to sit here and say he's wrong. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good match. But um, depending on what era you come out of, uh, you know, look, coming out of an era where you saw guys like Shawn Michaels um, and Taker and get, you know, Michaels a bloody mess in a hell in a cell, and when you see Mick Foley going off the top of the cell, um I can kind of see, like, you know, if you're an older wrestling fan who grew up on, you know, the most demonic structure ever, and that being um, that the hell in the cell, that cell, um, yeah, this match maybe could have survived just as well as a no-DQ match or a, a hardcore match, um, because in a PG era, the cell is not used um, as much as it may have been used in the past, so... A uh, good point. Again, I said I agree. I I thoroughly enjoyed the match, um, but I think that's what makes wrestling great because everyone's watching it uh, with a different eye. And um, actually, you know, I wasn't crazy about the diva match. He found the diva match entertaining, and for him, uh, match of the night was Cena versus Rock. Your thoughts? Um, I will say, as far as the, his, his opinion on the house, I'll have to disagree with him. I do understand his point where how they don't, how they they didn't use the cell. And you mentioned now about you know the, the spot with Mick Foley and Shawn Michaels. Those spots really put Hell in the Cell and, and the, um, the 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 character of the Hell in the Cell match on the map to sell to to, to quote unquote sell future Hell in the Cell matches on pay per view. Now, they did use the cell in some areas, and it was a big bloody mess, and nobody flew off the top of the cage, but when I look back at that match, I really don't think about that. I think about the story that was told between the three individuals in that ring, Michaels being the referee and then Hunter and Taker. Uh, you know, him bringing that up was probably the first time that it crossed my mind that the cell wasn't used as much. And, you know, we're in a different era, obviously, of, of WWE wrestling, and... Uh, but you know, I, 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 I'm going to disagree with them. They didn't drop the ball on that one single bit. They told the story, the, the the hype towards it was good, and the story came off perfect, and the ending was good, and it made sense. Rock and Cena, um, I wouldn't go as far as say that was matched the night, but it was damn good, and it lived up to the hype for for for, for the year that that they've been produced. I mean, you know, that they've been hyping this match up. So, 
Um, yes, I mean, it, those are my thoughts from uh, the, uh, the the hostage taker phone call or whatever his name was. I don't know. <laughs> he didn't even give a name, did he? I think that was our buddy Vin. I'm pretty sure that was him. Although, like, I think I'm thinking he was on speakerphone. So, Vin, thanks okay. for the call. Um, but I yeah, I mean, I offended you, Vin. The, the interesting thing about that Hell in a Cell match is you. I get because there's a history with the two of those guys in a Hell in a Cell, and that was part of it. Um, the match in and of itself, I will look. I don't think they dropped the ball either, and I thought it was a great match. But I will agree with Vin to a certain extent that I think. That match in and of itself could have survived just as well if it was a no-do match or if it was um, a hardcore match. Um, I, I get what he's saying about the cell not being used, but it was almost like an added character because of the history of these two guys in Hell and Cell matches. So I can definitely see where he's coming from, um, but I would never say that they dropped the ball because I, I was entertained. And again... There's totally different, you know, watching it on TV, watching it in the arena. I mean, one of the things, and that that was the only match of the night that I would say, what, at least the last 50% of that match, the entire crowd was not sitting. And I would say that yeah, was the only was, match. There were, on yeah, there were moments where people stood up. You know, there were moments there was a good chunk of rock scene that the crowd was on its feet. But I would say at least probably close to 50% of uh, the Undertaker, Triple H, um, that match, uh, people were on their feet for a long time, and there was kind of that emotional uh, catharsis, actually, at the end of the match, where like you kind of felt like the whole crowd was a little bit uh, exhausted. Um, but we're going to go back to the, the phone lines. We are getting calls out the wazoo today. Yeah, buddy. Of course, like... Technology. Yes. Trying to get this caller up. Um, not picking up, so I'm going to continue. To go. Stay on hold there, call. Trying to get you. Just uh, the computer and blog talk radio is, is acting up. Um, we're going to get to you. We're going to get to you by hook or by crook. Uh, the caller's not there anymore. So uh, if you got cut off by blog talk radio, not my fault. I'm trying to get your caller. Give us a call back. And everyone, if you haven't called yet, God damn, give us a call. 347-838-9815. That number again is 347-838-9815. Email me, Ken, at thekenreadyshow.com. And Facebook. i got to put it out there. Every week on Facebook, Monday Night Raw, we have a talk. We converse. Well, not really converse, but through Facebook, there's a Raw chat. So if you're listening, get on the fan page. Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Like us. You got to go there and hit like. And then at some point right around 9 o'clock, I'm going to post Raw Talk starts now. Raw Chat begins. Let's talk Raw. Something clever like that. Give us your thoughts, opinions. We, we just go back and forth for the entire two hours talking about Monday Night Raw. So want to hear what you guys think about Raw, the product matches, everything. It's all about you fans because this year, right now, it's the Ken Reed Show and we're going forward. We're going forward. We're moving up. We are moving on up. Big things. And we're taking everybody out there along for the ride. I'm so thankful for everyone who is listening and calling in. Uh, we want to take everyone along for this ride because it's going to be quite a ride. We're going to go back to the 
Caller, are you there? 203, caller, are you there? I think so. All right, how you doing? It is I, Mr. First Class, Vladimir Joseph. Yeah! How you doing, buddy? What's up? Not much, how are you? I am hanging out. Just got home from Easter dinner. Did you have a good Easter? It was a tremendous Easter. Nice. First class oh, uh, gave us a, a guest blog uh, the other day reviewing WrestleMania. Also a big-time wrestler on the indie scene. So give us your take. What did you think about WrestleMania? It was it was probably the best mania since 19. That's really? How many scenes have you been to live? I'm sorry? How many WrestleManias have you been to live? Uh, three. Uh, the past three years I've been to, uh, what is it, 28, 27, 26. And you're saying this is the best one since 19? Yes. Yeah. What set 19 was stacked with, with great, everything was great about 19, but uh, 28 was better than what I expected it to be, truthfully. And what was your what was your uh, favorite moment uh, of the night? It had to be Hunter and uh, Taker. I mean, come on, the story those guys told—you couldn't top it. What, as far as storytelling goes, let me ask you: since you're in the business, what what do those guys or the veteran guys have over uh, some of the younger guys as far as their ability to tell stories, or do they have it over some of the younger guys? Well, see. How do I explain? The older guys had places to go and learn how to tell a story, and they had guys that can teach them how to tell stories, whereas now there's just FCW, you know? So it's kind of yeah. like they just perform in front of the FCW crowd and not in different territories learning their craft, which is, you know, in a way it's good, but then it's it sucks because – you get the same matches like Kofi and Dolph, and they have the same match, and and like Cody has the same matches, wrestler A and vice versa. I mean that's how I feel. I mean I don't know about everybody else. So how like you being on the indie scene, like how are you kind of developing your storytelling ability? Well, I try to to branch out and go to other states and work different guys because everybody has a different style. And a lot of guys stay in their home territories. They don't branch out, and they just they think they know it all. And it's not that's not how you develop a character A and B. That's not how you tell a story. It's not all about spot, 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 spots. It's more of well, how can you get this audience to boo you or cheer you? And that's that's just what I like. I don't know. Everybody likes spots, but not me. So do you hear? So how many different? Um, just curious, like where are some of the places you perform now over your your career thus far? Well, uh, been to Philly, um, Connecticut, obviously Massachusetts, New York, Jersey, Rhode Island. Uh, I might be going down to North Carolina, but I'm not sure. And uh, where else? There's another place in Florida I want to go check out too. So I'm tra- I'm traveling, man. Nice. How many matches are you, you know, in an average year or month or whatever, how many matches are you, are you performing? Uh, 
Well, every every Saturday I pretty much have a show every Saturday, and uh, except the summer, the summer is usually slow because it's, it's hot and nobody wants to run shows, and I don't want to go to shows because I'd rather enjoy my summer. But for the most part, I do mostly Saturdays every month. Very cool. All right, um, before we let you go, why don't you promote what uh, what you're up to next? Well, this Saturday, the, what is this, the 14th, I'll be in Bridgewater, Massachusetts for uh, Global Gold Star Wrestling or something. I'm going to become their champion, so you should come check that out. Uh, let's see, the, 20, the 21st, I'm in Manhattanville College for a CTWE live event. Really? Uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, I don't think fans are, like, allowed to go there because the Manhattanville people are, like, very strict, and it's only for spring break, but I don't know. I'll let you know for sure, though. Uh, then the following week, the 28th, I'm in Bethany, Connecticut for CTWE's biggest show, Brickomania, which that's a funny name. I'll tell you a story <laughs> about that later. Uh, then the following week after that is May, was that May 5th. Uh-huh. Yeah, May 5th, I'm in Wallingford, Connecticut for Wrestle Jam, like Wrestle Jam 6 or something. So I'm keeping busy. <laughs> nice. And where where can we find you if uh, we want to check out what you're up to uh, in the world of wrestling? Well, I have a uh, Twitter page. That's at, at FC Vlad Joseph. Uh, I'm on Facebook under my real name, First Class Vladimir Joseph. Uh and I have a YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Joseph. You can contact me or the other people can contact me however they see fit. <laughs> Very cool. All right, Vlad, yeah. thanks a lot for the call. Everyone, check out Vlad. Uh, good luck with everything, and hope to hear from you soon. Absolutely. All right, take care, man. All right, man. Take care. Bye. Bye. Yeah, Vladimir's, uh, you know, we met Vlad in um, – Miami and their guys. Look, I, I mean, put it out there. Dave and I are, you know, we're we're brilliant, uh, you know, as far as wrestling. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I will say there, there are moments where where you meet someone who you start talking to them, and and you think that they just have a higher level of understanding of the business. And, and you almost want to sit kind of like Luke Skywalker listening to Yoda and just hear them talk about uh, things. And, and um, you know, I have had that experience when talking to Kevin Knight, uh, who owns uh, IWF, uh, indie wrestling promotion. Um, and I kind of had that when I first started talking to Vlad. Uh, he's got a real good grasp of of the business and and what makes characters work, um, and I haven't seen him perform yet, but I'm I'm hoping to catch him uh, really soon. But definitely a guy that I enjoy talking to. To me, really got the business, uh, has a really good understanding of the business, and is very humble and is ready to learn as much as he can. So um, I encourage everybody if you're a wrestling fan, uh, check him out. Uh, go to his Facebook page. He's got a fan page. Go like it. Check out his YouTube channel. Um, because if, if anybody, uh, as far as talking, who I could see going somewhere in this business who gets it, who is humble enough but hungry enough, it's a guy like first class Vlad Joseph. What do you think about talking to Vlad there, Dave? 
It was um, it, first thing I thought was he gets it, and exactly. you know we're we're, we're, we're sitting on you know I, we, we left Ocean Stand. We met up with uh, you know my brother and uh, my brothers and a couple other people at, a, at another place down the road in South Beach, and you know we're, we're, the, the place was kind of small, so we were probably some of the only people that were sitting there. But it's three o'clock in the morning and. The, the South Beach is jumping and jamming, and we're basically holding court at this place. Or I should say, Vlad was holding court at this place, and all eyes were on him and just the knowledge that he has and the stories that he tells. Because he makes a good point. You know, I've been around a lot of indie wrestlers, and you know, let me let me make this statement very clear. I've never gotten in the ring. I can't tell you anything about you know uh, crowd psychology and working a match or anything like that. But, you know, I, I do value my own opinions, and I think my opinions are valued. And, you know, Vlad kind of proved that in some in, in some fashion when speaking to him. But talking with him, you know, in South Beach and, uh, you know, talking about the wrestling business, and he makes a good point about, you know, guys on the indies, it's, you know, spot, 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 you know, just to get a pop from the, from the crowd if you did a 450 splash off the top rope through a table that was on fire wrapped in barbed wire, but the guy kicks out, and then you, you finish the match with hitting him with a rubber Tyrannosaurus Rex, like, fuck you, that's not <laughs> believable. You know what I mean? So, Yeah, he, he did. I mean, you bring up a good he, point. Holding court was definitely what Vladimir was doing. He was, he was holding court, and I found myself actually kind of pissed that it was 3 a.m., because... I could have sat there and talked with him for a while. I mean, he he really, um, he definitely had a good grasp of the business. And, I, and I'm actually excited. Like, it's not like I, I meet indie wrestlers and I'm like, oh, I got to run out and check this guy out. Like, he was a guy where after talking to him, like, I got to see this guy perform. I, I so want to see him in the ring and see what he's what he's got. But um, not, you know, I don't know what his in-ring ability is and, um, but he gets it, and if he doesn't make it as a, a wrestler, I really could see this guy having a lengthy career uh, in creative somewhere because he really does get the business. So go, please, check out Vladimir Joseph. Uh, could be the next big thing in the world of professional wrestling. But let's get back to it. Let's get back to the weekend. Let's get back to what we're talking about. And before we get back into all that, I, I messaged uh, on our page, uh, uh, one of our fans sent a message, and interesting, and I got to apologize for missing this, but today is the 30th anniversary of the first match between Jerry the King Lawler and Andy Cummin. Can you believe it? Very 30 years. And you know what? Yeah. I'm going to use this as a segue into a Hall of Fame conversation, but you know, if there is going to be a celebrity wing to the WWE Hall of Fame. Man, how can Andy Kaufman not be in the Hall of Fame? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's actually very quite interesting that you bring that comment up and uh, you know, that, that, that the message was even sent to the fan page because um, a couple of days ago, CNN.com did an article on uh, Andy Kaufman and his, uh, his the, the, the wrestling that he, um, you know, is his run in the wrestling industry in the Memphis territory with Jerry Lawler. They talked about how um, he is not in their celebrity um, version of the Hall of Fame. And at one, t it's actually interesting the story was brought up, but Vince McMahon Sr. almost brought in Andy Kaufman to 
to run an angle with somebody after his run with Jerry Lawler. But Andy Kaufman had gotten sick, and there were some there were some other things that were behind the undisclosed reasons behind why he didn't appear for the then WWF at the time. Um, and they also the funny the funny thing is when bringing this up, I'm flipping through the channels this morning, and Man on the Moon was on. And it's, it's just interesting that, uh, that, that you know, this is the 30th anniversary of the first match. CNN puts out an article a couple of days beforehand. Man in the Moon is on. Andy Kaufman, in my opinion, and I, I didn't see any of this stuff live. I've watched documentaries and stuff about Andy Kaufman, and he was a brilliant performer as a comedian. And the stuff that he did was just amazing on Saturday Night Live and, and uh, in his stand-up routines. But Andy Kaufman was the first celebrity, in my opinion, that really ushered in the era of celebrities being used in wrestling. Vince McMahon may have had Mr. T and Cindy Lauper and all those other people in the 80s to kind of bring it forward to the mainstream, but the idea was brought up long before with Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler. That's just my personal opinion. I, I got to agree with you, and, and not only that, I mean, out of celebrity involvement uh, in pro wrestling, there may not have been a better character than what, what Kaufman created during that, that run he had with, with Jerry Lawler. And, um, you know, when we look at cele- the quote-unquote celebrity wing uh, in the WWE Hall of Fame, uh, a guy like Andy Kaufman really, really, really should be in probably above, geez, maybe anybody, any other celebrity that, that's been put in already. Um, you know, I get why some of the celebrities were in. I get, you know, this year with Mike Tyson and, you know, he's he's had his fair share of storylines, I guess, for a celebrity in the WWE. But um, Andy Kaufman was something else. And, and back in an era where, as a celebrity, he was not afraid to get booed. And he took a lot of heat uh, outside of the wrestling world for even doing this. But he was a a fan first, um, and he loved to perform, and he loved uh, creating anything, any character, to get a visceral reaction out of a crowd, and he was brilliant at it, uh, which translated so well to the world of professional wrestling. And uh, just a great, great run with Lawler, a great story arc, a great character he developed for the world of professional wrestling. And, uh, you know, 30 years later, we're still talking about it. Uh, the documentaries about it are tremendous. Uh, I thought Man on the Moon did a really good job at portraying uh, that portion of Andy Kaufman's career. But definitely a guy that, uh, you know, I put in the celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame, hands down, before probably anyone else who's in the celebrity wing. But that being said, we're going to back up. We've talked a lot about the WrestleMania event, but let's let's hit the Hall of Fame night. Um, to me, honestly, the event, WrestleMania, it's great. Love WrestleMania. I'm, I've been going every year since 25. But as a wrestling fan, most consistently every year, man, i got to say, I love going to the Hall of Fame. Love that night. It's the night where you get to respect professional wrestling. It's just a respectful evening where you can sit back and and hold your head up high and just proud to be a wrestling fan. And you know, I don't care what they have to do, but they need to get Dusty Rhodes on the show every year without question. I don't care who he has to induct. 
But man, like his speeches are priceless. Uh, JBL inducting uh, damn, Ron Simmons uh, was great. It was just an all-around great night, and I, I just I love the Hall of Fame night. I, as a wrestling fan, you need to go. I would say as a wrestling fan, almost more than having to go to WrestleMania, you have to spend a night, go to the Hall of Fame, because it is just a great night to be a wrestling fan. But what were your thoughts on the Hall of Fame this year, I loved it, and uh, the, the one thing I loved more than anything that stands out in my mind, I'm a huge fan of Edge, and I thought it was great that he got in, it was deserving, um, and his speech was well, he did, his speech was um, it was a little different, it wasn't as emotional as most guys are when it comes to the Hall of Fame, he kind of, you know, uh, poked fun at some guys that he worked with, uh, put up some funny pictures on the screen of some people, he incorporated some comedy into it, I thought that was cool, it was a different approach, as most speeches, um, you know, usually are the very emotional thanking everybody. You know, Ric Flair kind of set that tone in 2008. But speaking of Ric Flair, my moment from that Hall of Fame was Arn Anderson and the pop that he received from the people. He was the last one to speak. Flair got up first, or J.J. Dillon got up first and introduced Flair. And Flair told a funny story about how his ex-wife, um, he had an argument with his ex-wife because he was drinking with John Cena, and he just thanked everybody for the honor. And he was real short. Um, and I thought that the I thought that the people were going to react, you know, negatively because he had a short version of it, of the speech. But there was four guys on the stage, five guys on the stage that had to talk at that time. But Art, the, the pop that Art Anderson received was tremendous. People before he could even talk. He was the last guy to go. Before he was talk, people stood up and clapped. And I think that was the respect that the wrestling fans had for him. And I'm a huge Arn Anderson fan. And, and Tully Blanchard. I love them as a tag team, as the Brain Busters. They're probably in my top of, of favorite tag teams that I've watched in wrestling. And Arn Anderson, in my opinion, him and Tully Blanchard were probably the two greatest wrestlers to never wear the world heavyweight title. And the the respect that the people gave him was just tremendous. And it showed that, like, every year there had been rumors, is Arn Anderson going to get in? Everyone thought he was a shoo-in last year because they were in Atlanta, you know, the roots of WCW and the NWA. But when he got up on that stage before he could even talk, the people were just, they were going crazy. And they were clapping and everyone stood up. And it, it was a testament to the respect that they have for him as a performer and, he very well deservedly deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and it was just—it was just a tremendous. Like that was my moment that came from it. Was the, the and he received a bigger pop than Ric Flair. And when Ric Flair's in the building, just about nobody gets a bigger pop than Ric Flair. And Arn Anderson got it that night, and I was—I was just so happy for him. And I and I was glad to be there. Like I've said, last year was my first Hall of Fame, and I was I was overjoyed that Shawn Michaels got it, and I was going to be there. But I was also very overjoyed that Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard got in, especially Arn Anderson. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was, was interesting the enforcer. I mean, he he was doing everything he could to hold it together. I mean, you could tell that. I mean, a guy like you know, it's interesting. You don't know what these guys go through, and you don't know what goes through their minds as far as I. I honestly got the impression from watching Arn that he didn't know exactly how well respected he was in the business and he looked very taken back uh, by the ovation and like you said a, a louder pop than Ric Flair which is amazing um, and that's kind of what I mean it, it's just it's such a great night as a wrestling fan to just show 
uh, your respect for the guys who have come before. And the interesting thing about the horsemen, as each guy in the horsemen came up to speak, aside from Flair, every one of those guys in the horsemen, underrated. I mean, as a unit, yeah, four horsemen, each guy, incredibly underrated. I mean, guys were like, you know, when you start throwing around, you know, best of all time, who's in your top ten, blah, blah. A lot of those guys get forgotten. Um, you know, as a unit, again, tremendous. I mean, more than one person said Barry Windham was the most gifted athlete they'd ever seen in the business. Um, but, you know, guys that kind of get overlooked, guys that didn't have the best runs in the WWE. Um, underrated guys. So it was great to see those guys go into the Hall of Fame. It was great to see uh, just the emotion, the raw emotion uh, from all of them. Uh, listening to Tully Blanchard speak, who just uh, not too long ago had lost his father. Um, and you could tell that he was basically standing up there trying to process the moment, uh, trying to handle losing his father, uh, but at the same time uh, being happy uh, that he was in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, the Four Horsemen was definitely, you know, a huge moment. Edge, great. You know, I was surprised he went so quickly, but... He's a Hall of Famer. I mean, there's no question about it. And wrestling, the WWE Hall of Fame is it's something different. I mean, I, it's first ballot Hall of Famers. I mean, you know, there's none of that. Um, you know, it is the first year of eligibility for Edge, and he went in. Uh, I, I thought it was kind of quick for him, but I, I can't say he doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's held more titles uh, than any single performer in history. So the guy is Hall of Famer. Um, I think this is one of those classes where you can debate up and down of uh, the celebrity wing and whether someone belongs or not. And I'm someone wants to call in at uh, 347-838-9815, 347-838-9815. We could debate that, but I'm not going to debate the celebrity wing right now because, you know, I get it, but I can't say that I was enamored that Mike Tyson was going into the Hall of Fame. Good induction speech by uh, Triple H and uh, Shawn Michaels. Pretty funny. Um, but, uh, you know, what kind of got lost because they started the show, I thought JBL's speech was tremendous. I thought he gave such a good speech uh, inducting Ron Simmons. And I don't think we understated, you know, professional wrestling, as much as um, it's come a long way and there are uh, performers of other ethnicities, and it's a melting pot. Um, there is, There has been for years an underlying almost racism uh, in the world of professional wrestling. And to think that Ron Simmons broke the color barrier for a heavyweight champ in 1992. 92. We're not talking 72. We're not talking in the mid-60s, middle of the civil rights movement. We're talking 1992, he broke the color barrier and was the first African-American uh, to win the heavyweight championship. That's huge. And I thought JBL captured the moment well. He captured uh, who Ron Simmons was and, and is and what uh, he means to professional wrestling. And all in all, I, I just thought it was a great speech and a great night. Um, as confusing as Mil Mascaris' speech was, uh, other well, than that, we, we 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 did understand that he has two wives, and they take he did care speak of on two wives. 
He's spoken yes, he's to got two wives. They take care of him, and he and he enjoys the finer things in life, like restaurants and hotels and going to different <laughs> countries. So we understood, like maybe the two or three minutes of that speech. The rest of it, we would have had to have gone to our hotel rooms to get the speech in English on the television when we got back from the Hall of Fame. But other than that, good but a well, uh, well, a well, deserved well, when, he, when he cursed. Yes, that was awesome. But, yeah, I mean, Mill Master is definitely deserved Hall of Fame, so it was a, a great night uh, to be a wrestling fan. Um, tremendous night. So I guess we're saying the Hall of Fame was great, but we're looking next year. Come on, Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman, WWE Hall of Fame celebrity wing. Come on, let's, let's, let's make it happen next year. Um, but let's get back to the event. Let's talk about things. And, again, you know, weekend can't give the WWE enough credit um, separate yourselves as wrestling fans for a second. Separate what you might feel, and I don't got a problem with them right now, but some people do, but separate what you might feel about creative for a second. And just so I, I can't stress enough, man, being a part of the weekend, it's such a great time to be a wrestling fan. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. WrestleMania could suck. Could suck. They could... Screw the pooch. Top to bottom, WrestleMania. And I'd still be, like, I can't wait till next year. I'd, I'd still be in line to get the tickets. I'd still be so psyched for 29. It's just, it is such a great weekend. They do a great job with fan access. Um, I will tell everybody this. If at all possible, if you buy tickets to WrestleMania weekend, if you can do it, buy tickets for the Thursday access. Okay? Yes. Because Friday's when everyone gets into town and they go to Access. Friday's Access was swamped. Thursdays, we went to Thursdays last year, went to Friday this year, and I know people went to Thursdays this year. A lot of people don't get into town on the Thursday. The Thursdays when the lines are shorter and you can really take advantage of what's going on at Access. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, those Accesses are packed. That being said, Access is still a blast. Got to meet the Fink. As a wrestling fan, that I've been a wrestling fan for the better part of the past 30 years. I got to meet the Fink, which is awesome. They have kind of a Hall of Fame set up. They have memorabilia. I saw Arn Anderson's jacket, some of the Undertaker's outfits for WrestleManias. Um, just it's all around cool experience. There are superstars. I mean, the lines are tremendous, but superstars to meet. Um, you can do entrances, and the uh, do-your-own-entrance uh, thing was a lot more elaborate than it had been in years past. Um, so fan access is great. It's just really a fun time to be a wrestling fan. I mean, everyone on the street is a wrestling fan. It's just it's a good time, and and now it's become such an event. You know, Wrestle Reunion was down there this year. Dragate does a show. ROH does a show. So it really is just... The culmination, it's just the mecca of professional wrestling. Wherever WrestleMania is, is just huge uh, as a wrestling fan. And even if you don't go to WrestleMania, just to be around it as a fan is tremendous. And, and I, can't, I can't give the WWE enough kudos as far as what they do for that weekend. And getting back to uh, the event, we, we dissected Daniel Bryan and everything pretty good. Um, Want to hit on this, Brie? We're not going to spend a lot of time on this match, but uh, Big Show. Big Show, Cody Rhodes. Uh, Big Show finally gets his WrestleMania moment and becomes the first guy to hold all the current 
championships in the WWE. Congratulations. Big show. A team match for the two of them. What do you think, Dave? Um, I didn't expect a big show win, to be quite honest with you. Um, with the way that they had been uh, going in the direction with Cody Rhodes, I thought I, I made the prediction that, you know, usually WrestleMania, there's one match that gets shorted. And I thought that that was going to be the match. And, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan and Sheamus ended up, you know, taking that role of the, the short match on the card for WrestleMania this year. But um, it was cool, you know, Big Show got the win. I, I wasn't, you know, like, you know, groaning and moaning that he, you know, that he won the title. Um, so we'll see what happens uh, with, with with him going forward. Um, this doesn't hurt Cody Rhodes in any stretch of the imagination, in my opinion. I just think, I think Cody Rhodes is going to move up and go further. Um, I can see Cody Rhodes in the main event in the main event picture in a few years, uh, maybe even starting you know this year. Um, so we'll see what happens. But um, I wasn't I wasn't too uh, I wasn't upset about it. No, I mean I and I, I had said it in the in the pre pregame. I, I saw this as a uh, you know, just just a, I, I think we should put it out there, Dave. That we you know we did some predictions. And, uh, you you did very well. I, <laughs> I, 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 and I and I, I sucked. So, yeah, go on. <laughs> but yeah, I, I let it all out. <laughs> I, I said this before, and I, I think this is a, was a good thing for Cody Rhodes. Was a we're going to take a less significant belt off of you to get you in the main event picture. Obviously, you know he's got a rematch clause, so they're going to run uh, at least a bit of a program with with him and Big Show uh, moving forward. But I, I don't see him. I see Big Show retaining, keeping uh, the IC title of. Cody Rhodes is on to bigger and better things. Um, I don't know if he's, they're going to put him right in the mix for uh, the heavyweight champ or the WWE championship, but I think he's going to have a more high-profile rivalry at some point, and maybe maybe something with uh, Randy Orton, um, which I would love to see those matches. Um, but I, I think this is this was a good thing for Cody Rhodes. As much as he lost a belt, this was you get to come to the big boys' table now. You get to, you know, push in the chair at, at the, the kids' table. Uh, you get to eat at, at the adult table. And uh, I, I think that I, I agree with you. I think there's bigger and better things. Um, would not surprise me if over the course of this year he gets a shot or even a run with one of the, the big belts, the heavyweight title or the WWE title. Um, I don't know if he's quite ready to, say, headline a WrestleMania, but no, I think he's no, going absolutely not. Now he's going to be in the mix, though. He's going to be in the mix for the 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 uh, more prestigious belts uh, over the course of this year. Um, but that's what I think uh, they're going to go with him. Uh, the more interesting match I'd like to speak on because I, I think you know it's funny with, with social media and and Twitter and Facebook and all that other great stuff. And and a few I can't say, I, I'm saying a few months ago, not even close to a year, uh, Jericho. I tweeted something, and everyone ran with it, and then it didn't happen. I wish I could remember specifically what it was, but then the day after, he tweeted, I'm a heel. I lie. And I thought it was great, and Jericho, you know, Jericho loves to use Twitter, loves to get all the internet wrestling fans all aflutter with stuff he, he puts on Twitter, and, you know, great match by the two of them at WrestleMania. Uh, Punk gets his WrestleMania moment, although I the the lights went out on him pretty quickly. He didn't get a, a long standing celebration, but he had his WrestleMania moment. Uh, Jericho tweets that it's time to move on. Everyone is starts speculating. Well, Jericho's done. What's next for Punk? Where they're going with Punk? Is 
Jericho is obviously leaving and going to be working with Fozzie and all that other good stuff. And lo and behold, Jericho is back on Monday night pouring Jack Daniels down the gullet of CM Punk, followed by a bobble to the, quote, head of CM Punk. And look at that. This rivalry is heated. This rivalry is not going away. And to me, with the short turnaround, we're going to see the two of these guys in some sort of hardcore, gauge, no DQ, falls count anywhere type match coming up at Extreme Rules. Um, I'm liking the program. I love, you know, to me it's got an old school feel where you got two guys that it, they built it up real nice where it's like they really hate each other and, and Jericho's just just really just a mean, mean guy. Um, and I, I think it's it's great. And I'm, I'm entertained by the two of them. Both of them know how to cut a promo. Both of them know how to perform in the ring. Um, this is not the end of Jericho Punk. Your thoughts? I say I said it on the pregame show. We're going to see more of this. And uh, I had read over the weekend that Jericho had signed an extension to his WWE deal. Apparently, his deal was only six months. It was going to get him to WrestleMania. And uh, I know a lot of the older stars don't like working the strenuous WWE schedule. We'll get into that later concerning Brock Lesnar. But um, you know, Jericho worked. Jericho basically worked a full-time wrestler schedule. Um, leading into WrestleMania to help with the hype. He worked all the house shows, he worked the international tours, he worked television, he worked pay-per-view. And uh, so they signed him to an extension on through, I think, the summertime. And there had been rumors that he was going to be gone after WrestleMania because he's got, um, you know, appearances with his band Fozzie for for a a U.K. summer tour. Jericho confirmed on Twitter a few weeks back that that he's only working two dates. So... uh, you know, he, he can come back and work WWE, um, you know, and, and uh, I, I see, I see, you know, him and Punk going through, this, you know, this spring, maybe even into the summer. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll have this culminate at SummerSlam between the two of them. Who knows? Um, it's funny, you know, with the the, uh, the the angle on Monday night with Jericho pouring the bottle of Jack Daniels and then smashing the bottle on the quote head of Punk. Um, you know, which it, I think it kind of hit the ring post or exploded out of his hands before it even broke um, and hit Punk's head, which, you know, I'm not I'm not going to be too critical about that because shit happens. It's live television. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's funny. I was talking about this with my brother uh, just just today. I said, you know, the next pay-per-view is Extreme Rules, and it's in Chicago. And I think, you know, I think Jericho's going to end up getting the win and walking out with the title in Chicago draw more heat to himself. And, of course, that Chicago audience, as you saw last year at Money in the Bank, you know, being, being CM Punk's hometown, they are, they are you know, faithfully behind the, the voice of the voiceless. And uh, I, I made a joke. I said, you know, extreme rules, every match, there's no rules of sorts. So I, I thought to myself, what if they had a Lumberjack match with Chris Jericho versus CM Punk and all the Lumberjacks are members of Alcoholics Anonymous? <laughs> so... <laughs> Myself included, I, I, you know, I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. So I could, I could definitely uh, lend my hand into the, uh, the the lumberjack match in Chicago. I'll, uh, I'll take some time off from work again <laughs> if, if if I'm called upon. But um, I see this going forward, and it's good, and it's um, and it's it's you know it's gonna, it's for the title, so it's important and it's solid, and it's what the company needs right now with um, you know the the after WrestleMania buzz. They want to keep that going and. It's hot, you know. Jericho, when he first came back, he was getting cheered, and he got the people to turn on him, and people are solidly behind Punk, and 
more more and more each week. People people are you know getting behind Punk and turning him into uh, you know their guy. You know when this whole run that started with him, he was just you know a a, a character for a small niche of the audience. He had like a cult following. Now the mainstream fans of the WWE universe, and I hate using the universe word in that phrase, but they're starting to get more and more behind Punk, and I think that's, uh, you know, with help from Jericho and the uh, the, the work as, as a heel that he's been doing. So I see nothing but good things from this. And uh, the, the quality of the matches, from what we saw at WrestleMania, I thought it was a good match. Uh, I, I was glad that the match went on second to last. Because it's the WWE Championship on their biggest show, and they should have highlighted it towards the end of the card. There were rumors it was going to open the show, and I was, I was cool with it. But I was like, you know what? For what Punk's done all year round, from from last summer to now, like I think he deserves a higher spot in the card. And I'm glad they got it, and they put on a tremendous match. It stood out in its own mind. Every match had its own little story and own little moment, and that was what was so great about WrestleMania, especially that match. Yeah, it was definitely an entertaining match. Really, two talented uh, performers. Let's go to the phone lines. Caller, are you there? Yeah. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. What do you want to talk about? Um, well, first, I had my buddy Vlad on the radio, and I had to call in. He wanted to tell me about your show. He saw, he said, he saw you down in um, down in Miami for WrestleMania weekend. Yes, sir. Uh, um. Yeah, I want to touch on the on the Jericho Punk match. Unquestionably, okay. unquestionably one of the best pure wrestling matches in WrestleMania history. I think it's up there with HBK and Angle in '05. Um, you can even I don't even I don't want to like like um, what am I looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to like ruin legacies or anything like that. Or maybe you think it's up there with Owen and Brett from WrestleMania 10? Um, it, it, it's up there. I mean, I, I think the last few minutes of, like you're saying, pure wrestling yeah, uh, that we saw in the match was absolutely tremendous. Definitely. It was it was something, like, because when it first started, it, you saw the little entertainment portion, the whole Laurinaitis had to chime in. But then it turned into wrestling and that's what a lot of people forget I remember I heard Punk doing an interview one time and he said we've spoiled the fans like um, they expect too much like we we they really overdo it with the whole two elimination chambers two hell in the cells the TLC pay-per-view and Punk said we gotta dumb it down and that's exactly what he did him him and Jericho that's exactly what they did at Wrestlemania they Punk really didn't have to result to lashing out. He they just wrestled. And that's something that's missing in sports entertainment. That's excellent point. And you know, it's it's to to piggyback that, you know, if you have good storytelling, which they did, tremendous storytelling, you oh, can yeah. hit them with some great wrestling and it actually helps to facilitate the storyline. I agree, hundred percent. So is that and, your match of the night? Um, I, you know, all the, the triple main event, the, all three of those matches, whether it was Rock and Cena, the Hell in a Cell, or the, the WWE title, they all stood out for a certain reason. The Jericho and Punk 
you had to see wrestling for that match to be best in the world. The Cell match was truly the end of an era. That had to be violence and blood and, you know, betrayals. And then there was Rock and Cena, of course, which was the one that basically sold the show last year. But as far as match of the night for me, um, I don't think I can pick one. I really don't because they were they all were great in their own way. You know what I mean? Well, that, that's a sign of a good show. Uh, what's, what's your name, by the way? My name is James. James, thank you so much for the phone call. Hope you give us a, a listen again. You know, this week's a special time. Usually we're 6 to 8 on Sunday evenings. Appreciate the phone call. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. I'll probably call back later because um, this is the first time I'm hearing your show, and I'm liking the points that you're bringing up. Cool, man. Yeah, give us a listen. Check us out on Facebook. We'll talk to you real soon. Thanks a lot for the call. All right, man. Take it easy. Wow, James bringing up some good points there, real good points. Um, you know, as we're talking about this match and as we're, you know, in storyline, whatever, um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm a guy that will always go back and say, you know, I go back to Macho Man, uh, Steamboat, WrestleMania III, uh, like he brought up, uh, Owen, Brett, WrestleMania X. Um, you know, I... I, the last few minutes of Jericho Punk, some of the, the best pure wrestling you will ever see in a wrestling ring. Um, will this match go down as an all-time great? Who knows? Uh, it's tough and it's hard. That was so stacked. Um, but I think he brings up a good point about the pure wrestling, a uh, good point about, um, you know, almost dumbing it down, so to speak, you know, not not giving the fans too much, just giving them that pure wrestling, the storytelling. And you know what? You know it's a good card when a guy who obviously watches this stuff, knows what he's talking about, um, if he sits there and says, man, I, I can't pick a match of the night, it's a solid card. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that, was, that was the point I said, you know, what James mentioned earlier, you know, how each each match had, a, you know, its own uniqueness about it. That was what I was trying to bring up, but I couldn't find the words for it. Um, it you know, when we were talking about the triple main event, those three big matches, it was just, it, 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 the match started off a little slow. And when I watched the replay, you know, when I watched it live, um, I knew it was going to pick up because they're two great performers. And I remember watching it live at one point when Punk, when we were when we were at the stadium, Punk grabbed the chair and he was going to nail Jericho, and Jericho kind of bent over and motioned to him like, "Hit me," because if he hit him, he gets disqualified, he loses the belt. Jericho's the winner of the title, you know. Jericho being the the, the smarmy heel that he is. Um, you know, he's like trying to go punk. You know, it was great work by him. And then I watched the replay the other night on pay per view, and the the mic work between with the WWE production staff was unbelievable because you could hear what these guys are saying to each other as far as like the storytelling goes. You couldn't hear like you know like them like calling spots you know or, or telling each other what to do you know. But Jericho at one point there were a couple of times where he said the first time Punk grabbed the chair he goes. Your father's an alcoholic. Hit me. And then Punk didn't do it. And then Punk kind of kicked him in the head. And then he went for the chair again. He's like, your sister's a drug addict. Come on, hit me. And Jericho was just so great. And that when you go back and watch it on DVD, you know, when the DVD comes out, just watch that match and the, the expression 
on Jericho's face and just the over the, the, the heel persona that he put out early in the stages of that match was just tremendous. And then the wrestling, of course, the counters from the walls of Jericho to the to the to the code breaker that he hit Punk with when Punk was flying off the top rope. I mean, the, the you know, that got a pretty big pop. It was just a good match overall and I expect nothing but better things to him. I think in my opinion in my opinion here, next match they have, it's gonna top WrestleMania's match. That's that's what I think personally. I can see that happening. We're going to go back to the calls. Uh, call, are you there? Hello. Hello. Hey there. How you um, doing? I would like. I'm good. I was part of the best bus ever, and <laughs> I was happy. Best bus ever. We want Lewis. We want Lewis. <laughs> Um, I was happy to hear some of the callers from the bus. That's awesome that they found the Ken Reedy show at Facebook. Um, they need to tag themselves in the picture. Um, you know, I went through the whole whirlwind trip, and as I'm listening to your show, I called, and I'm thinking all these different things I want to say because you covered so many topics. So um, I know you talked, a, you know, not as much as I saw you at Roxena because that's been dominating, like, the year-long conversation. But... Um, being there, from my point of view, I I thought there would be more people chanting for Cena, and it felt like we all agreed as, as being there together that we saw, ourselves included, many Rise Above Hate t-shirts, many, many John Cena t-shirts, and it wasn't just women, it wasn't just children, there were a lot of grown men, such as yourselves, wearing these t-shirts. What do you think happened? Why, why did it seem like they just got silent? You know, we were trying to promote the chance, and we, we got some people to chant, but what do you think happened? Why why were the Rock fans, and you didn't see as many Rock t-shirts, it was distributed along Cena, Punk, just plain old WrestleMania t-shirts, and there were definitely Rock t-shirts, but, but what do you think happened? Why were the Rock fans so much louder than the Cena fans? Um, it's a good point, and thank you, thank you, caller, uh, calling in. Um, yeah, I don't know. I... I it's a tough call. I, I do think that maybe there was a little bit of intimidation. Um, maybe it was just people didn't want to chant. Uh, maybe people felt that they were a little, I don't know, gun shy because there were a lot of rock fans. It did get pretty loud uh, when the rock came out. Um, but I do agree that there were a lot more Cena shirts in the arena than I thought there would be. And there were a lot of uh, grown men wearing uh, Cena shirts, which surprised me. Um, I thought I'd be in the minority, but I, it's tough for me to speculate exactly why the the Cena chants were not there. Uh, as, my, as many shirts as we saw, the, the Cena chants were not there. Maybe it was intimidation. Maybe it was... Uh, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think it was, Dave? I, I can't put my finger on it. I don't think intimidation was a factor. I just think, especially, you know, we brought up the, the European factor with the, the fans. You know, people travel all over the world to come to WrestleMania. And there were a lot of people from different countries there. Uh, we met a couple, I think they were from Australia, that that, that, uh, that uh, were just waiting for the elevator with us. And they were, they were John Cena fans. They were around my age, uh, you know, mid-20s. But um, I a lot of the European fans were big rock fans. And I, I think... You know, they, they you know they were hardcore wrestling fans, and they had grown up watching The Rock. I mean, I can't tell you how many people with from Australia 
and England and, uh, you know, Ireland and Germany and Switzerland, you know, all these countries, you know, that, that are very hardcore into the product that have grown up watching The Rock. And I think that dominated the majority of Rock fans. Um, that that uh, that were there for WrestleMania. Um, that could be my only assumption. I I honestly don't know, but we did see a fair amount of John Cena fans, myself included. And I've never been a John Cena hater. Let me just go on record as saying I've never been a John Cena hater. I've enjoyed watching him, and I've enjoyed you know uh, he's you know people talk about his skill set and his moves, and there you know there are a few people on that greatest of all time list if we can have that argument that you know a couple in mind Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin only had four or five moves and uh you know the people loved them and there are people out there that love John Cena and I I couldn't argue with John Cena's points about the rock as much as a fan as I am of the rock and I grew up watching rock but I had to root for John Cena I just felt that you know he was in the right and uh you know I've always supported him I've always liked him I think he sends a strong message to kids and the stuff he does for the company and he's a company guy and the maker of stuff you know um so I was a big John Cena supporter. I even went out and bought a Rise Above Hate John Cena T-shirt uh, at WrestleMania. And I was, you know, loud and proud with, you know, with the C Nation. So um, I can't really put my finger on as to why it didn't translate into more Cena fans. But I think Miami might have had a factor in it. The fact that he's from the area, the Rock was from the area that it dominated, you know, more Rock fans. If you're in a different city, maybe it would be a different story. Who knows? But. Yeah, it was it was That's interesting. Good, you know, good I mean, point you, call it brings up. Good point. Also, you brought up with uh, European fans. I mean, they may have just been louder, just flat out louder. Uh, and I agree. I, I was never a Cena hater. As in fact, as the Cena hate movement began to swell about the internet, you know, I was just I was always like, why? And it was funny that we were in our section, and as uh, people around us, as uh, Cena did his five knuckle shuffle. And uh, people in our section started chanting same old shit. Um, I kind of yelled at everyone, do you realize that the five-knuckle shuffle is the updated version of the people's elbow? And then the the section kind of became a little quiet. Um, It's funny how, you know, John Cena gets criticism, certain things that other wrestlers have been absolved from. I mean, look, I'm not going to say that the five-knuckle shuffle is a great move, but let's face it. Is there anybody who's never – I've never set foot in a wrestling ring. I'm pretty confident I could pull off the people's elbow. I I mean, let's call a spade a spade. And I love The Rock, and I'm not saying, you know, be a Rock hater. I'm saying, why does Cena get, like, criticism over, you know, certain things and, and other people get absolved from it? Um Again, I'm not going to sit here and say that Cena is a, a, going to give you a five-star match. I'm not going to say that I, I he can't stand to improve. And I'm not going to say that his character doesn't get stale sometimes. But um, like you said, there are many wrestlers who uh, have very small movesets that have been uh, all-time greats. Um, you know, I just, for some reason, Cena garners that sort of criticism. But you know what? Cena's a polarizing figure and as far as I'm concerned, that's good for the business and that's good for professional wrestling because that's what you want. You want a reaction. If there are if real fans out there, if you're going to consider yourself a real wrestling fan and you're going to, and you really hate Cena and you really, really think that Cena is bad for the business, 
then shut up. Don't react. Because as long as everyone's reacting and he's getting a loud reaction, whether it's booing or cheering, he's still going to be there. And, and that's just it. bring up that point. It's very interesting. I'm sorry to interrupt. It's very interesting you bring up that point. Because the people that buy the Let's Go Cena, Cena Suck shirts, you know who's getting that money? John, John Cena. Because his name yeah, is I mean, on the fucking T-shirt, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, hate, I hate The Miz. And I think The Miz is terrible. And if you want to come with me to a wrestling event, The Miz comes out, I sit down. I don't boo. I do nothing. Because to me, if I, I sincerely could stand to have The Miz not on my TV set anymore. So to me, like the statement I will make, I will never buy a Miz shirt. I will never acknowledge his presence. I will sit there and say nothing. Now, it's only a little old me in the arena. Silence is what's going to get the company to say, hey, you know what? Maybe this guy doesn't belong here. And that's how I react to the Miz. I, I just, you know, and I'm not going to debate him or whatever. I'm just saying as a fan, that's what I do. I don't get these guys. If you're going to come in and you're going to scream Cena sucks and you're going to wear Cena sucks shirts that the WWE is putting out, I think John Cena's name is on Cena sucks. Like you said, he's making his dime on those Cena sucks shirts. If you really want him out of the business, then shut the hell up. But as long as you're booing, as long as there's a visceral reaction... As long as Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar would have not gotten a bigger pop F5-ing anyone else in the company but John Cena. And I still think we might look at, at Brock as, as going forward as a quote-unquote heel. But to make the return big, make it huge, to make the roof pop off that building, there's nobody else in the company that could get the F5 from him other than Brock Lesnar. Because John Cena is just a polarizing figure. Anybody else, the crowd wouldn't have popped as hard as it did. And that's what John Cena is. And, you know, as, as a wrestling fan and as, as a guy that, like, respects the business, respect the hell out of what John Cena does. And I'll be honest, like, most of the time I see John Cena in a match, he'll do something where I'm like, shit, I got to get back to the gym. I got to get back to the gym. I mean, he just, he amazes me with his strength. And I, and... You know, pound for pound, maybe the strongest guy ever, ever to set foot in a wrestling ring. Pound for pound, maybe the strongest. And I, you know, I got a lot of respect for the guy for all his limitations. And you know what? Any any haters who think that him losing to The Rock and getting F five by Brock Lesnar that ooh, this might be John Cena's not going anywhere. John, as long as the crowd continues to react that way. And like we talked about before, we're moving to that direction of, you know, no more true face or heels. Just let the crowd react how they want to. Um, that, it is what it is. And as long as the crowd reacts to John Cena, John Cena is going to be there. But it's time. we got about five minutes left show, and it's been a great show. But you know what it's time for. <laughs> The Ken Reedy Show, not of approval. First off, I think we got a lot of new listeners here tonight. This has been a tremendous show. I got goosebumps 
what the show is. And we just crossed over on Facebook. We were at 159 when the show started. We were at 160 likes. We're moving forward, baby. So this is your first time listening. The nod of approval is something in the world of professional wrestling. You know you've had that moment where you're sitting there, you're watching it on TV or live, and you just kind of nod to yourself. Like, yeah, they got it right there. Could be a match, could be a performer, could be a moment, could be whatever. But that is what we talk about. We try and get it at least close to the end of the show. We give something in the world of professional wrestling our nod of approval. And I'm going to go off to Dave. Dave! What are you giving, or who, or whatever, are you giving the nod of approval to this week? Uh, well, last week I gave my nod of approval to the wrestling fans and the energy that they brought, the, the, you know, that they bring to WrestleMania weekend. Um, you know, just you know, because it wouldn't be partially it wouldn't be possible without all of us to have a WrestleMania weekend as big as that. Um, but this week, I want to give my nod of approval to the crowd in Miami Monday night at Monday Night Raw. And I was a part of that crowd. The energy, the excitement, it felt like you were still at WrestleMania, that like WrestleMania continued. Even though the weekend was, you know, coming to a close, it's still that buzz. And especially that pop that Brock Lesnar got from that audience. The building shook. I felt it. Just the just the crowd and you know a lot of those fans, hardcore wrestling fans you know, some of them are from, you know, you know, countries in Europe. They'd be leaving the next day. I had to come back home myself. But I give it to the Miami crowd. They were on fire the whole night. There wasn't a segment that was just, like, dull. And usually the night after WrestleMania in years past has been pretty memorable. And some years it's been, you know, oh, well, WrestleMania's over. It's back to business as usual for Monday Night Raw. So, you know, but... They kept the they kept it going, and it was awesome being in there. It was awesome being in that building. That's probably the best Monday Night Raw I've ever been to, just on the crowd reaction alone. And then, of course, with the surprise of Brock Lesnar, it made it that much more better. So, my nod of approval goes out to the the the, the fans who were in the arena Monday night, including myself, to witness that historic Monday Night Raw. Well done, my friend. And I am going to go in the direction of my nod of approval is going to go to actually, and yeah, I've been critical at times, so I feel like I have to give this. I'm going to go with, for the time being, and I, I might be bashing them next week, but I am going to go with WWE Creative uh, getting my nod of approval this week. For the simple fact, and like you just brought up, WrestleMania, there is usually a hangover, usually a lag afterwards. And you know what? We heard rumors about Brock Lesnar all weekend. And we heard rumors that maybe he's showing up at WrestleMania. And they held him off. And when you, you, get, you get in that point where, like, you think, you know, he's not showing up. And, and WrestleMania comes and goes. They throw him in on Monday Night Raw. And they kind of let us know. Raw was great. I mean, as hot as that crowd was, they put out a good product that night. And they... they the WrestleMania hangover is not happening. We're still good. We're still high. Brock's coming back. Jericho Punk's hot. Good to go. Very excited about where they're going. So that gets my nod of approval. The Ken Reedy Show nod of approval. Wow! So, 
we got about 30 seconds left. Dave, what a show tonight. We are Dude, taking this awesome. bad boy forward. Thanks, Dave, for co-hosting my tag team partner. As always, appreciate everything you give. And I got to say, man, I am so humbled and appreciative of everyone who called in. People who joined on board from the best bus ever. It was the best bus ever. And this bus, the bus, the Ken Reedy Show bus, is moving forward. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it so much. We'll be back on board next week, 6 to 8 p.m. Check us out on Facebook. Take care, everybody. Peace.